It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I wanna pull it like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching games like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton. And join with me and uh in my secret studio uh Inside Capital One Arena, my guy Chris Krause from uh, Hoops Rumor and NBA Math and and contributing to Slam Magazine. He, he's just a basketball maven. Chris, how you doing, man? Good man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all over the place this season, but it's great to you know anywhere I can contribute. All right, that's what's up. That's what's up. So yeah, you, you've been a very familiar face coming down to a lot of uh, Wizards games and Wizards practices over the years. So I think that you're a very qualified candidate to talk about what we just witnessed here, uh, and that was the Wizards falling to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, well, well, what did you feel about uh, the game and, and why the Wizards were uh, not able to come out with a victory? Well, you had a feeling coming into the matchup. They won two straight at, at all this year. They're a young team, kind of feeling themselves a little bit. And you know a letdown is going to happen at some point. And, I mean, you were hoping it would extend further. You are hoping it wouldn't go to three. But, uh, yeah, I guess a, a Kings team that really doesn't get – you know, it's, it's really not necessarily a marquee game, but it's a you know very important game on the schedule. You you kind of saw a letdown there. You kind of that was basically the overall uh, theme of, of the night for the Wizards. Yeah, man, I'd say that it was definitely a letdown, especially when you consider the fact that uh, Sacramento came into the game uh, without De'Aaron Fox, their stud uh, young point guard, and uh, without Marvin Bagley, the, the number two overall pick in last year's draft. So they're missing two of their uh, uh, key contributors to their team. And so, you know, uh, you would think that the Wizards would have been able to put forth a better effort. And when we talk about why they didn't uh, play their best game, I think it has to start at the top and with the Wizards' best player and that's Bradley Bill uh, he did end up leading the team with 20 points but he, he shot eight of 18 from the field and also I think there was a he, he didn't really get going offensively until you know kind of in the second half you know uh, I, I I had a tweet earlier in the game where you know the Wizards he Bradley Bill hit a three when I think about the four minute mark in the second quarter that gave him five points and so when you're talking about you know 20 minutes into an NBA game and your best player only has five points you know that that's not a, a, a very good formula for winning basketball what, what did you see from Brad in particular tonight, and, and, and why, why do you think that he was kind of like dragging or moving a little slower than normal? I mean, this has happened with him a few times this season. I mean, this, it, it really reminds me of the Spurs game. Now, that game, he came he came back in the second half, had over 30 points, uh, you know, they got the victory. Uh, tonight, it just didn't happen. I mean, he was he, he had a little bit of a stretch in the third where you thought, okay, 
now we're gonna see deja vu again. It's gonna be it's gonna be the same story. Uh, they just didn't have enough. And the Kings kind of gave him uh, all kinds of different looks. I mean, uh, you you know, Hugh was on him for a little bit. Uh, Bodanovich was, was on him was on for some. You know, he got he got switched on to some big men at times, and he thought, oh, okay, you can you can drive past them. Uh, but you know, they decided to off him and let him and let him shoot. And like you said, eight, uh, eight for eighteen, like I'm not gonna get it done tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think that when, when you talk about the looks that Sacramento was giving them, you know, they were giving them all types of defensive looks. They were trapping them. You know, they were they were they were hedging really hard on this shot to make sure that you know that he wasn't you know beaten up with his uh, you know sh- three point shooting ability. And so I thought that Brad did a decent enough job of trying to hit the roll men. Uh, you know, Mo Wagner and Thomas Bryant. I mean, they're, they're amazing when you know they 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 can get that ball uh, when they can set that screen at the top of the key and then just roll to their rim extremely hard and you know they finish around the rim very well but I think that you know Sacramento once they realized that you know that that was the Wizards one trick that they you know once they took that away you know they they, they really forced the other Wizards shot makers to make shots and I think that there were possessions in that fourth quarter where the Wizards had you know fantastic ball movement and you know it, it ended up in uh, uh, great looks from the basket the, the shots just weren't going down and sometimes it's just one of those nights. Yeah, I mean, when you really look at like the overall theme of the night, uh, you know, they didn't have another guy step up. I mean, I mean, Bertans came through; he, he made some threes. Uh, he was one of the only two people to have a positive plus-minus for the Wizards. Uh, him, him, and Ish, and uh, I mean, Ish and Bertans and and, and 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 Wagner. I mean, the bench unit is really—you could almost say it's better than the than the starting unit minus mm-hmm. Bradley Beal. Um, if you had to put five together, uh, five five people on this team together and win a basketball game, like. Like let's say like Space Jam style, right? Yeah. Like who are you picking? Like who's your five? I'm go- I'm going with uh, Ish at the one, Brad at the two, uh, Jordan McRae at the three, Davis Bertans at the four, and Mo Wagner at the Ooh, five. Oh, that's the toughest choice. Right yeah, it's the, the toughest. Yeah. <laughs> the, see, the thing is, I think that actually, you know what? I'm gonna go with Thomas Bryant because I think that, like I said, I think the team plays at their best when the bigs are finishing at the rim. And Thomas Bryant is a better uh, finisher. Like, just he finishes through contact. He finishes a lot a lot more above the rim than uh, Wagner does. And also, I mean, I don't think that Wagner is even going to be able to play, you know, a lot of crunch time minutes just because he fouls too much, oh, right? Oh, yeah, he's, he's slapping the other team. Exactly, exactly. Like, so yeah, It's, it's unreliable. He, yeah, but I, I think that those, those two guys are interchangeable. But um, I think that that's a very good question because it brings me to a point that we were talking about earlier. I think that one of the weakest positions on this current Wizards team is what they're putting out right now at the small forward position. And so and when I said that I would play Jordan McRae at small forward, you know, that that's that, that that's a tough uh Thing to say because you know the team has a uh, Troy Brown Jr. who was drafted you know in the first round last year, 15th overall pick, and you know he he really hasn't performed up to I would say even his expectations for this season. What what are some of the reasons why do you think Troy Brown has struggled to kind of get going uh, in his second year in the NBA? I mean he had the injuries earlier in the year, and that kind of gives him a little bit of a slow start as far as um, you know catching up with the team and, and all that. But I think, yeah, he, like you said, he's a second-year player. You know, you can't expect everybody to kind of make the leap at the same time. It's, uh, you know, it, it, if you're sidelined for a little bit, you know, that kind of puts a delay in your development. Um, I think it's nothing more than that, and I, I wouldn't read into it. I think he could definitely be a long-term starter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this this year, you know, you know exactly what he is. Very young, very raw, raw player. Yeah, and then uh, even behind Troy Brown Jr., you have uh, C.J. Miles, 
who is a, you know, a vested veteran in this league. But, you know, CJ really hasn't shot the ball all that well uh, this season. And then when you look at, you know, overall with his career, I mean, if he's not shooting the ball well, you know, I don't know that he does enough other things well enough for in order to warrant more playing time. So, you know, I, I actually like the fact that Scott Brooks has gotten creative. So in the first half where he played a lot of uh, Bertans and Rui actually together. And so and I think that people, you know, uh, uh, think that, you know, Rui is, is, is more of a small forward. When I really honestly think that Bertans plays more of the small forward, he guards more of the wing players while those two are on the court together. And in the second half in the last couple of games, he's been kind of going to that Jordan McRae uh, at the at the three uh, lineup. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, Scott Brooks, he, he has to get more creative with, you know, how he disperses those minutes at the small forward position. And, and what, what, what do you think are some of the lineup decisions or rotations that he could make that that, that, that can help this team? I think playing Rue and Bertans together is really a smart thing to at least seek out and see see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today was a perfect uh, time to do it because of the you know the Sacramento Kings rotation. They have a few tweeners, Barnes and and I'm gonna butcher that name, but we'll, uh, <laughs> I'll just pick that heat. Yeah, and uh, you know, but like it it plays so you can it, it plays well to play two tweeners and two and two guys that you know hey. In, in a normal lineup, in a traditional lineup, you probably wouldn't want both these on the floor, but Bertans is going to guard one of those players anyway, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll, t- you'll take that loss. And, and Bertans is, you know, like, you just want him out there at this point, you know, because he is just stretching the floor. Um, as far as as far as where who else is he going to play with, uh, I'd like to see him play with Thomas Bryant more. Yeah. I, and I, and I, I understand that the flip side of that is playing Rue and, and Wagner together. Right. That's, you know that, that that's that's got to be tough as well, but yeah, I would like to see uh, you know more maybe more crunch time lineup with uh, with Bertans and, and Bryant. Yeah, I, I think though because, because I think that uh, when you have Bertans and Thomas Bryant on the floor at the same time, that's really the proper spacing that this team needs. Because Bertans, I mean, like I mean, Bertans admitted the other day, like he doesn't have a limit to his range. You know, like yeah. no no shot is really too far for him. So then when you have a guy who can literally be a gravitational pull. On the on the floor and drawing defenders out to him, I mean that just opens up the lane for you know Brad and Thomas Bryant to do that two man game. And if Bryant's rolling at the rim, I mean he's going to get a lot more easy dunks than the ones he's already getting. So I I, I like that lineup a lot. Um, I think the what, one of the things that I think people will be concerned about is you know how how uh, that lineup would be able to defend against you know uh, uh, players. Uh, who, who do their work down low. And so I'm looking at uh, the, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they were led tonight by Harrison Barnes, who had 26 points. And, you know, he, he hit three threes, but I feel like a lot of his work came from getting on the ball in the mid post. And, I mean, he he, he took Rui Hashimura to, to school tonight as far as, you know, hitting them with the up and under game. And, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he had a lot of other defenders who, you know, were kind of struggling to, uh, to to guard him. And, you know, he went to the free throw line a lot. He shot 11 free throws. What, what did you see? From Harrison Barnes to tonight, that that kind of allowed him to, to to really attack the Wizards and be the 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 the, the pretty much the, the the catalyst as to why they came out with the win. I mean, Rui was outmatched. I mean, like he had two options: he could give up a shot or or, or give up a higher percentage shot and allow, allow Barnes to go past him, or foul him. Yeah, and you know he, he fouled him a few times, and and he and, and Barnes Barnes ate at the line tonight. You know, nine for eleven and. He, he matched his career, or, or sorry, matched his season high in points, twenty six. He had twenty six against the the Raptors earlier this year, and uh, Raptors played pretty fast. I mean, you, you kind of see why he did it there. And tonight it was 
So it was more about the defense and how to do the pace. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that, you know, it was definitely about defense and, you know, the, the Sacramento, they can actually hold their heads high tonight uh, on the defensive end because, you know, they only allowed 106 points to a Wizards team who's coming in averaging 120 points a game, you know, leading the entire NBA. So, you know, that that defensive effort is something that I think the Sacramento coaches can be very proud of. Um, speaking of the Wizards and their scoring ability uh, combined with Harrison Barnes's free throw attempts, what do you feel about the lack of respect that the Wizards are getting uh, when it comes to uh, the uh, referees calling fouls on the opposing team? Because, you know, the Wizards only took, uh, what was this, 12 free throw attempts compared to 28 free throw attempts for Sacramento. And the Wizards, you know, with them being one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA, but they're second to last in uh, total free throw attempts for the season. Why, why is it that you think the Wizards aren't uh, getting the respect that they think they deserve and getting to the free throw line more? I mean, on one hand, they're just hacking more. You know, you, you got Bogner in the paint, and he's just, you know, he needs, he needs to clean that up. He's going to, like, be a rotation for the long term because you, you want him to be on the floor and not right. just there. Um, but overall, I mean, you need – I think you need a field to drive to the hole uh, a little bit more than he does. You know, Thomas doesn't – you know, he, he drives sometimes and he sells for the mid-range, and he probably probably get more fouls, but – uh, you know, I think overall it's just it's just attacking the basket, being a little more aggressive because uh, 12, 12 free throw attempts is just not going to get done. Like, yeah. you know, like, it, it, however, however you want to slice it, and why why it's happening, it's, it's you know you, you just got to get you got to get to the hole. Yeah, no, I think I, I would agree that uh, Brad uh, especially needs to probably drive to the basket a little bit more. And you know, I think that you know that this is a part of uh, Rui Hashimura and Troy Brown's games that they probably need to work on a lot because you know they're 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 using their ball handling to to get to their spots, but they're they're not really they're, they're I feel like they're rushing some of these shots. So instead of where you had a guy like Harrison Barnes where he was backing down Rui and being very patient and he was he he got Rui up in the air a couple of times. He got I talked to Jordan McRae after the game and you know he had a, a couple of fouls where you know defenders got him up in the game. You know the Wizards they need to they need to you know take 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 a page out of that playbook and you know work on their pump fake games and, and so they can get to their free throw line. But I, I do think that there were two calls that I think that very easily could have gone the Wizards' way. Uh, Davis Bertans got fouled on a three-point attempt. Uh, where I think the team was down six with about two minutes ago. I mean, and he, I mean, he blatantly the guy ran right into him, and they he didn't get the call. And then the other one, uh, Isaiah Thomas had a three-point attempt with about a minute left, where it looked like it looked like the defender like gave him high five, and <laughs> and, and and he didn't get the call. So. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I know that the Wizards need to drive the ball a little bit more, but I mean, some of these calls are are, are a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah, the refs, the refs were there were there tonight, and you know, you could see them. You know, if they get a couple of those calls, maybe it's a whole different game. You know, it's, it's only one or two calls away. You know, this is, this is a seven point ball game. Yeah. But in, but in reality, it was close the entire night. Yeah. And especially, uh, you know, in the fourth, like you. you like, Wizards went on a run, and you thought, okay, this is going to be another one of those, like, come from behind, but yeah, high-scoring games. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, I mean, it was, a close, it, was, it was probably, like, a closer game than seven points, which is, you know, still, still, still manageably and, 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 and pretty close there. But, but yeah, you, you want to get a few more calls at the end like that. Yeah, no, I think that, um, you know, the, the, the Wizards, they, they, they definitely, they're, they're focused on, they should be focused on how they're playing and trying to get stops instead of focusing on, you know, what the, what the refs are calling or not calling. And I think that, you know, I, I, you know they, they've been very subtle about their, their, their complaints with the referees this season. 
But, you know, I, I've been around this team long enough to know that, you know, that, 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 that these subtleties are only going to last so long before somebody on this team erupts if they don't get the, the proper respect that they feel like they deserve. Uh, Chris, I, I wanted to talk to you uh, with a more uh, macro view of what have been your impressions of this Wizards team uh, coming so, so far. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people said that, you know, the, the Wizards are going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. Uh, Stephen A. Smith even went so far to say that they had the worst starting five uh, in the NBA the last 20 years. Um, do you think that the, the way that this team has played so far uh, with a five and nine record, you know, it, it's not it's, it could be a lot worse. Uh, but do you think that they are kind of um, overplaying uh, the expectations that a lot of people had for them coming into the season? Yeah, I mean, they could be a lot worse, but they could also be a lot better. I mean, they, you, you could easily, this team could easily be 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. And, and, you know, like maybe talking about, like, oh, we're in the Eastern Conference player race. It's way too early to talk about that race. But, yeah. But, uh, but, but overall, I think. I mean, this is like this team is getting along. Like you can, you can just feel the camaraderie. I'm no body language doctor, yeah. But, but I'll say, I'll say they have. You know, it's looking good there, and especially when you look at like some of the other teams that came in. I don't know. You know, we want to throw any teams under the bus for, for that, but like you see some other teams that like are not getting along, and it kind of feel it. Kind of, you kind of feel it, right? Um, I don't know. You probably felt it last year a little bit. It was a little oh, bit different. That was, last year. It was it was definitely like that last year. And this, as far as like you know, team camaraderie and team chemistry and the culture just going around the team. Like I mean, it's night and day from last year compared to this year. And so I think that you know a lot of that has to do with with Brad you know, kind of being very assertive as the the leader of the team. And then you know, I mean, they got a lot of young guys. So I mean, these guys they got a lot of guys who are in no position to question anybody in the locker room. So if Brad or you know if CJ or even, you know, a guy like Jan Mahimi, who, who was a team leader, even though he hasn't played a minute yet this season. But when those guys speak, I mean, the younger guys, like, I mean, they pretty much have no choice but to listen. I feel like everybody is on the same page, and that's really all you can ask for from a team chemistry standpoint. Yeah, it is really remarkable, though. It's a good team to be around, you know. Yeah, no. um, As opposed to, you know, like having, having a team that just – I think expectations had a lot to do with this, right? This yeah. year, it was like everyone was like, you, you said, they said the worst starting five. They were saying, okay, this is going to be a contender for the number one pick kind of situation. Yeah. And I think uh, I think everyone here probably heard that. And they're like, okay, let's yeah. just go out there and have some fun, play some basketball. Exactly. You know, and, 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 and it's worked out a little better than expected. I, I definitely agree with that. Well, Chris, man, I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and talk some hoops. And uh, as I do on every podcast, I want to give you this opportunity right now to kind of uh, plug yourself and your work and let the people know where they can find you, not only on social media, but where they can find your writings on the Internet as well. Sure. Yeah. Check out HoopsRumors.com. We, uh, we make sure we have everything have you covered for everything in the league. Um, I write a weekly piece on NBAMath.com. You got to check it out. It's a weekly notes, little tidbits about the team. Uh, and also, you know, all, all the statistical stuff. And uh, you also check out Slam Online, which is uh, one, one of one of my uh, one of my many platforms. But but yeah, thanks again for having me on. It, it's great, man. It's, great. it's I, gonna I, be a great season. It's going to be a great season, man. We're, we're going to have a, a lot of good basketball to talk about. Um, I think that you know the Wizards fans and, and the Wizards community they they are very excited about having a team that is fun to watch. So no matter, you know, if they if they're going to be able to compete for the playoffs and I agree with you and you know that that just just the whole conversation in general, not just about the Wizards, just talking about the playoff seating, you know, this is you know, this is small sample size theater really and we just need to everybody needs to relax. Let, let's let's at least wait until, you know, after January. Let's wait till after football season is over and then we can start talking about, you know, who's going to make the playoffs and who's not. 
But I think for right now, I think that Wizards fans can enjoy the fact that this team is fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. And high scoring game. And yeah, we'll wait until at least Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Some people say the NBA doesn't start till Christmas anyway. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, man, I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Man. All right, thanks, man. I wanna baller like the Wizards, yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl shooting shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.